Welcome back once again, Recovery Coast to Coast, the only program in America on the air five nights a week, two hours a night, talking about addiction with a focus on recovery. I'm Neil Scott. We're here till midnight tonight. And uh, as you know, one of my big passions in addition to recovery is music. And whenever I can marry those two, man, I'm all over it. Tonight, joining us in the studio is Andrea Whitkins. She's a New York-based singer-songwriter and kind of a God incidence that brought us together today. I have two very dear friends, uh, Steve and Terry Masardo, live in Socrates, New York. Ten years, they ran a venue called the John Street Jam, which I believe was the best in the country. And it was uh, once a month, and it was... Uh, in a church and great acoustics and it was in the round and it was it was absolutely perfect they stopped doing that unfortunately they're still doing some other things they're both musicians and uh, they got in touch with me and said uh, a friend of ours named andrea is coming to town and uh, you should uh, talk to her so i said i would be glad to do that come to find out i asked the question do you have any songs about recovery and she said do i have any songs about recovery i have songs i have stories i have history Andrea, welcome to Recovery Coast to Coast. Thanks so much for having me. <sighs> How long have you been in recovery? This October, Halloween, will actually be four years. <laughs> Trick or treat. Trick or treat. <laughs> <laughs> Holy smokes. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about your history using that brought you up to Halloween. Oh, the yeah, which I, by the way, think is a fabulous day to decide to turn your life around. In fact, I didn't know it was Halloween <laughs> until t- someone told me a week later that, that that happened to me, you know, yeah. day one. I, I think like like many people, I uh, you know started off as drinking with with friends in high school and college, and it all felt normal and it felt okay to be out of control. Where, where did you grow up? I know you lived in Seattle for a while. You lived in Wisconsin, yeah, New York. Uh, I, I go to Wisconsin a lot. I, I'm from Anaganish, Nova Scotia. Right. Yep. I grew up there. Small town. Very kind of Irish, Scottish. Everybody loves to drink. <laughs> um, but uh, from there, I, I've lived in Calgary. I've lived in Seattle. And then I just moved to New York five wow. years ago. I thought I was going to New York to pursue music. And, I, and you know, in the end, I did. But really, it was to, to get sober. <laughs> kind of a geographic, was it? It was very much a geographic, <laughs> yes. <laughs> when did the problem start for you, Andrea? Uh, well, I mean, it's funny. Hindsight's always twenty twenty. I, I, I find that, you know, when I look back, I feel like I, I see the 13-year-old me drinking alcoholically. Mm. That's know? when you started, 13? 13. Yeah, I mean, not not heavily, I but it started with, you know, experimenting like a mm. lot of kids do. So at that point, I, it didn't feel that different. But I felt like I, I definitely had that feeling like I had met my best friend. You know, I felt mm. I felt um, it felt epic. It felt uh, I felt elation. I felt like it kind of lifted me out. And I remember that that very first time. And even though it took a while for it to progress to the point where, you know, it was a problem, I, I still, you know, I, I feel like that obsession was around for a while, you know, oh. I can. This is how I'm going to escape. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it worked for you. It worked. Yeah, it, it works until it doesn't. Yeah, you know, and <laughs> then and then it's then it's this awful thing where you know this thing that used to be your best friend and that used to make make you feel better is now making you feel worse. But the you know to make matters worse, you also can't stop. Mm-hmm. You know, that's mm-hmm. when you cross that invisible. When invisible did you line. realize there was a problem? I remember. I remember when I well. The first time that I decided it was a good idea to drink in the morning <laughs> was a red flag. And I remember saying to myself, like, this is not normal. Normal people don't do that. But I'm just going to do that, and I, I, I can figure it out later. So that, that was a red flag. I, I felt like I, it, I used to be able to stop for two weeks at a time. I'd say, I'm going to cleanse out, or you know, I'd take a month off. And then detox. Got, detox. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to take, you know, prove to myself that I can not drink. 
And then I got to the point where I would try to do that and have every intention of doing that and wake up and not be able to get through the day without it. Mm -hmm. And then I'd start the next day and say, okay, well, today is going to be the day that you start your two-week cleanse. And that two-week cleanse just never got started again. And that's when I realized that, okay, I might need... I might need some help. Were there people who recognized that in you that uh, things were going uh, off the rails? Yeah, I mean, no one, I, I no one ever uh, sat me down for an official intervention, mm-hmm. but but friends would mention it, like, well, you know, you you're you like to drink a lot, or you are you are drinking frequently. You know, they kind of yeah, that gentle yeah. way of saying, yeah, you know, yeah. not that you're a drunk, but um, it would mention it to me, and I, and I I just knew myself. It's that awful feeling that I think anyone who's experienced addiction has gone through of knowing that something's wrong but keeping it to yourself. Mm. You know, that stage before you find out that there's other people who yeah. share that. It's that awful, lonely stage of something's wrong. I don't know how to quit. I don't even know if I want to quit, but yet something's not working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're only as sick as our secrets. Exactly. Oh, the secret's the worst part. Andrea Whitkin's joining us tonight on Recovery Coast to Coast. She is a woman in long-term recovery, New York-based singer-songwriter, and joining us uh, joining us in the studio. So what what brought you then uh, into the recovery rooms? A, a bottom, basically. I, I It was one of those things that uh, I just, I th- it, w- it was just one night like, like any other night, um, but for whatever reason, I, I got very um, uh, hopeless. I mean, I, I'd, I'd felt kind of generally hopeless, but I really felt hopeless. Like I felt like I was about to explode. And I ended up reaching out to a friend who was not in, in the rooms himself, but was, uh, was, uh, had, had had family members who mm-hmm. struggled with addiction. So kind of knew where to point me. So got into recovery that way, went into the rooms, knew that that was the solution. What really, do you remember about that first meeting? That first meeting, I remember thinking that that it was, you know, the, the cliche of it's going to be all uh, old, old men in overcoats yeah. from the bums from the street. In the basement of the church. In the basement of the church, which actually a lot of times it is. Yeah. But it's not bums. It's actually a, a pretty diverse cross-section of humanity. And yeah. that really surprised me. I remember thinking, I'm going to go in there. I'm female, you know. At the time, like, you know, in my 30s, I'm, I'm you know, a blonde hair. Everybody's going to think, what is she doing here? Yeah, yeah. Oh, she can't possibly be an alcoholic. <laughs> and then you walk in there and you see hundreds of people like yeah. yourself and you hear their stories. So yeah. I felt I felt instant relief ah. is what I felt. Weirdly enough, it still took me two years after that to yeah. get to that time. It takes what it takes. Takes what it takes. And I was definitely one of those people that I was very diligent about you know, getting to meetings and and doing what people told me, but I could not really put together, you know, long term, you know, I would put together three months, six months, you know, and finally I just, I had, I had to hit a a second bottom. Mm. What, what happened four years ago that was different? It was, you know what, it it was the secrecy that got to me, Mm -hmm. uh, keeping the secrets. I basically was in this, I'm sure some people relate to this, this place where you're, you're telling people that you're quitting drinking. But you're not actually pulling it off, so you're doing a lot of hiding. Yeah, yeah. I remember in my mind thinking, you know, it's physically, I probably have, you know, maybe I could continue to drink for years and years. I don't know. I mean, I was doing a lot of it. But but what was going to take me down was the dishonesty. It felt awful, you know, just especially not honest with people who know have been down that road. And, you know, so I was going to meetings and, and lying about how much sobriety I had. I lying to my parents, my friends, that felt awful. And that kind of reached a peak. I was actually had a music festival and uh, it, it, uh, I just kind of had another one of those breakdowns where I just had to reach out and I did. 
and basically came clean to everybody and said, I've been drinking, you know, mm. showed them the vodka bottles in the suitcase. And from there, they helped me actually through um, an organization called Music Cares. Oh, I love Music Cares. Music Cares, Cares is yeah, great. So yeah. they, they helped me hook up with those guys. And wow. then I went to treatment after that. And nice. that, that was the start of the, the last four years. Nice. So it kind of took... You know, it feels awful at the time, but I look back at it and I think, well, that was the way it was supposed to happen. I, I had to kind of realize how awful it was to mm. keep that secret. I had to come clean to care the musician friends who cared about me, and you know, and get in through me. It just it was a some one of my friends calls it a conspiracy of love. It just all kind of came together at that that moment. <laughs> I love it, conspiracy of love. Yeah. Uh, Andrea Witkins joining us tonight in the studio. Uh, she's got four years in long term recovery. She is a singer songwriter, and she's going to sing what she has written. This one's called Candy from a Cash Machine. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and it uh, it kind of, it's a poetic expression, I guess, of what it feels like to um, to be out. Of, it's the insanity and being out of control and not being able to stop knowing something's wrong. Andrea Witkins. Got myself a fix, but it didn't do the trick. I tried to get high, but my blood's too thick. And I need an operation because I'm feeling kind of sick. My body's on the floor and I'm sinking like a brick. Never seen the sky from the edge of a crater. Got my brain hooked up to a dead generator could have been a jedi but i had to be a vader i've been riding through the fires in the service elevator like a broken arrow i couldn't shoot it clean i've been looking at my life like a dirty magazine should have been easy but from what i've seen it's hard to get candy from a cash machine to the curb but they always call him back you hear them in the alley when they took in that smack so i beat him with a stick and i'm feeling like a fiend running out of tricks and it's nearly halloween should have been easy but from what i've seen it's hard to get candy from a cash machine There's no in between. It's hard to get candy from a cash machine. You're a trick, you're a treat. There's no in between. It's hard to get candy from a cash machine. You're a trick, you're a treat. There's no in between. It's hard to get candy from a cash machine. You're a trick, you're a treat. There's no in between. Hard to get candy from a cash machine. Andrea Witkins uh, can't get candy from a cash machine. <laughs> Give me some of the history in that song. When oh. did when did you write it, and and where was the muse from? Well, it's funny. I wrote that song 
the same music festival. Oh, no. oh my <laughs> goodness. Remember, although it was the year before when I was kind of in, for whatever reason, I don't even know how I pulled it off, but for whatever reason I was not drinking that week, but I was whole, kind of white-knuckling it. Right, right. So, But it was very much on my mind, and um, I wrote it with, with two friends, uh, James Hall and Kim Manning. Yeah, we just the, we just like the whole idea of like candy from a cash machine. Candy is something kind of sweet and benign but there's always a price right you know right, right, <laughs> right. Oh. and you can't you know and there's always it to, to me you know i feel like spiritual bankruptcy is a mm-hmm, big part of mm-hmm. my story just feeling like i am done i have just i'm cashed out i i can't you know i i'm done and so the idea of trying to get some sort of sweet treat from a cash machine really appealed to that image yeah the account has been drained the, the account has been drained and it's no longer candy yeah yeah <laughs> tell me about your relationship with your mom and dad during your addiction oh well um they they were they were just very supportive my, my father actually passed away um before this last round so mm. he didn't get a chance to you know see this round but he he knew that i was uh trying my family's been very very supportive uh we have several people in in recovery in our family family it's disease family disease and so i i feel really lucky because i was definitely not one of those people that felt embarrassed or it felt like it was a big announcement you know i just basically it was a phone call like hey i'm oh by the way by the way <laughs> <laughs> so they've been very supportive and they're very proud and so i'm lucky in that sense New York-based singer-songwriter Andrea Witkins joining us tonight. She's got the keyboard in the studio. We're going to hear some more from Andrea, but we're going to take a short break first. When we come back on the other side, we'll talk a little bit more about her recovery, and we'll talk about uh, her writing and her singing. And uh, she's got a new CD that she's working on. She's doing part of it here in Seattle, part in Wisconsin, and part in New York. It's due out uh, in the spring of next year. We'll talk a little bit more about that when we come back. I'm Neil Scott. The program is Recovery Coast to Coast. Nice to have you with us tonight. Nice to have Andrea in the studio. And always nice to have music in relationship to recovery. We'll be right back after this short timeout. 